It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. I'm one of two IDP analysts we have over at FantasyPoints.com. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. And I'm joined, as always, by the other IDP analyst, the yin to my yang, the linen to my McCartney, Mr. Thomas Simons. How are you doing today, Thomas? I'm doing great, Justin. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another IDP Corner. All right, so we're going to dive on in. Uh, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. Normally, we record it right after the Thursday night game, uh, but Thomas does a lot of action. baseball. <sighs> Got in the way again. Yep, uh, but we're we're uh, we're rounding that corner and coming home. So uh, heading home. So hopefully, we'll be done with baseball soon. Um, for now, uh, we we like to do a little recap of the Thursday night game, and then we'll dive into the week. What you see uh, from watching or whatever you did. We're able to well, actually, we were we were able to to what we call demod um, a source into the truck to to be able to watch the prime video. Um, and what I noticed is that the Bengals love to run five defensive linemen, and they do it on a regular basis. Now, this is something that we saw coming into the game, but with DJ Reader getting hurt and going on uh, injured reserve, we didn't know if they were going to change this. Well, they didn't. Um, Cincinnati did use five DBs frequently, but they started the game with five, a five defensive linemen set, and they had seven defensive linemen took 19% of the snaps or more. And three of those took over 60, I mean, 84% of the snaps. And a fourth one took 64%. So they love to use their defensive linemen, and they see lots of snaps. Yeah, this is uh, one of two trends that that we've been watching. Thomas and I have been watching this over the last couple of years develop with these bare yep. and um, you know tight slash mint fronts, uh, and we you know we saw it get popularized through Bill Belichick. We've seen Vic Fangio use it. We've seen yep. Matt Patricia use it. And as NFL is eternally the copycat league, we're seeing more and more of these five DL fronts. Um, and, and more and more, you know, as we talked about heavy rotations, yep. We heavy rotations, which makes, you know, it's interesting what it really does. It's it's almost, it's like this way for defensive backs too, where there are more defensive backs playing, which is both good and bad. What it means is you have a lot more defensive linemen who can post two to four tackles. Um, and, but a lot fewer defensive linemen who can post six or eight tackles. Right. So uh, and that's kind of the way with DBs. Um, And we've, you know, we've seen fewer linebackers hit 130 or 150 tackles per season. Uh, But we just have. So we have more middle. We have more in the middle. So which is why all speaking of DBs, you had you've got some thoughts on the Miami defensive backs. Yeah, uh, watching Brandon Jones, who we thought for sure was going to be 
uh, an every down starter for them. He, he had taken over the role from uh, veteran Eric Rowe. Uh, and that was the case the first week. Uh, but, but the last couple of games, we've seen him rotate with Eric Rowe. Uh, last night, Jones played just 39% of the snaps, ended up with three tackles. Eric Rowe played 64% of the snaps and had four tackles. Last week, that was flipped. Jones played more than Rowe. The week before that, Rowe played more than Jones. This is obviously something we can't touch until Jones eventually gets his spot back, if he even does. Yeah, and it's it's something that we're, we're going to have to really pay attention to and throw a red flag at because this means that they wanted Jones to step in and take the job, but he didn't because they they weren't even thinking of – they were actually thinking of letting Rowe go in the offseason, but now – they have to keep them because Jones isn't living up to their expectations. And, and another DB to keep an eye on in that Dolphin secondary is Kadar Kohu, who started his second straight game at cornerback, and he took 77% of the snaps. Now, in just 77% of the snaps, or just a little over three quarters, he had six solos. Yeah, nice game. So let's move on to week four. Uh, we have some interesting matchups going on this week some things that we caught so uh let's check out uh what you first saw uh thomas well the buffalo bills came into the season with a highly touted defense and was projected to be one of the top three defenses in the league well all four opening day starters in the bills secondary were missing in in week three um and rookie christian benford fractured his hand in the game that uh, this past week. So while injuries have ravaged the Bills secondary, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Dane Jackson practiced in a limited fashion Wednesday and I believe Thursday and could return in the next two weeks. And Tredavious White is eligible to come off the PUP list in week five, but we don't expect to see him until probably week eight, maybe. Uh, their bye week is week seven, so they may give him an extra week or two. Now keep in mind, any player that comes off PUP they have 21-day window in order to activate them to the active roster. So if he comes off in in week five, they still have another three weeks to play with before they need to activate him or put him on PUP or IR permanently or release him. Uh, the Bills did sign veteran cornerback Xavier Rhodes to their practice squad. Speaking of injuries, when Zayvon Collins left uh, the Arizona game with a shoulder injury, um, it was Nick Vigil and Ben Neiman who operated as the inside linebackers. Isaiah Simmons' usage basically didn't budge. I mean, it's just been floating around basically non-existent. He clearly has a specific role on that team. Uh, he did not move in and replace Collins. Uh, and his role is not one that's fantasy relevant. We're watching Collins this week. He's had limited practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Like I said, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. We haven't gotten the, the West Coast practice reports yet. Uh, but it is looking like um, unless Collins is fully healthy, this is a position you want to avoid because it may be a mess between Vigil and Neiman, and neither of those will put up a whole lot of fantasy production. Now, staying at linebacker, I'm going to go over to the Jets where Quincy Williams, when he went down with an ankle injury, we expect uh, Quan Alexander to step up and see more snaps, but he did not. He didn't see a, uh, much of an increase in snaps, nor did rookie um, Jermaine Johnson. Now, in fact, 
Alexander has gone from 66 snaps to 46 snaps to 37 snaps last week. So his snap counts are dropping off more and more each week. And the rookie, uh, Johnson, has gone from 34 to 38 to 29. He, too, is also seeing his snap counts drop off over the last three games. The Jets played five defensive backs 69% of the game last week, and they ran out five DLs quite frequently. Uh, a trend that we just mentioned yes, not, we not too long ago. So we're seeing more and more and more of that. Uh, speaking of defensive linemen, I want to talk about Grady Jarrett. I mentioned him, uh, I think, a week or two ago. Last season under Dean Pease, he played more of a two-gap role uh, and was not uh, fairly was not remotely productive for us. Well, this year, it's clear that Pease has uh, readjusted Jarrett's role uh, you probably most importantly because they lack a pass rush of any kind without Grady Jarrett. <laughs> so they've got him attacking more and we're seeing more Grady Jarrett ish type numbers. He played 85% of the snaps last week, had five tackles, four of which were solo. He had a sack and he had three tackles for loss and DT required leads. He's a great guy that you should be picking up. And Washington, the commanders, um, Cameron Curl saw game action for the first time this year in week three. Uh, we gave you a heads up that that was going to happen and that we were concerned that De- uh, Derek Forrest would see his numbers drop off. Um, his Forrest has been the replacement for Curl. Well, Curl took 87% of the snaps and he posted eight total tackles, five solos, three of six assists with a quarterback hit. And we knew that was going to be kind of the numbers he was going to have. Forrest took 49% of the snaps and had three solos. He did see time as a third safety, did give Curl some um, time off during the game, but we expect Curl's uh, snap count to go up a little more and Forrest to drop a little more. Yeah, as as we talked last week, Forrest is there third safety. So that's a specific setup, a big nickel setup. When they use that, I'm sure Forrest will see the field. But but um, that's impossible to predict unless we see some really clear signs going on that they're going to run a whole bunch of big nickel, uh, which they may do because their linebackers are a little suspect. But as of now, I think Forrest, uh, this just proves what Thomas was saying last week, that basically this is Curl's job, not Forrest's. Um, it it might have been a fluke. Uh, but something I picked up on was the Ravens actually played their secondary linebacker, Josh Bynes. He played 71% of the snaps last week, and that is way higher than he played the first two weeks. Now, that could absolutely just be game plan oriented, and he might go back to being irrelevant next week or this week coming up. But watch Josh Bynes, watch his snap counts and his production. We'll mention him next week. Uh, with that 71%, he he pulled up uh, he pulled out 10 tackles, eight of which were solo and an, uh, an interception. Um, so if he and Queen are both running out there around 70 80%, he can become fa- fantasy relevant. Zach Cunningham on the Titans came into the game with questionable because of a knee injury, but he played through the game and he was uh, banged up most of it. Thus, he only took 37% of the snaps. He did finish with five total tackles, two solos, and three assists, but it looks like he's not getting over this very quickly because the Titans did go out and sign Joe Schobert to their uh, practice squad. And if Schobert gets activated to the game or to the roster on Saturday by 4 p.m. Eastern time, then you know that Cunningham is probably going to miss this week. If you spent your first draft pick uh, IDP-wise on Roquan Smith, uh, he had a decent start to the season, but this (laughs) – 
week, wow. uh, last week. This is why you draft Roquan Smith as your overall LB1. 16 tackles, two tackles for loss, an interception, a pass defense. That's the sort of game that, an, that a true LB1 can have, and that's what separates a guy like Roquan Smith from some, of the, some, some others who may get you know the occasional big tackle game like uh, Kamu Grugier-Hill, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Devondre Campbell is another guy who had had a really strong game. Now, these guys won't always have 12, 14, 16 tackles, but they have a much better chance than most linebackers to have one of those impact, like uh, weak winning performances. So even if they have a couple of weeks of slow production, stick with them. They're LB1s for a reason. Indeed. And and also Roquan came into the game questionable and because of limited practice time. Just goes to show what kind of warrior he is. Now, rookie uh, Darian Kendrick started at left cornerback for the Rams as the Rams have Troy Hill on injured reserve and David Long was uh, out with an injury. Kendrick tied for the team with nine total tackles. They were all solos, and he added a pass defended while taking 90% of the snaps. Now, it is likely Long will start when he returns, but Kendrick showed enough promise and may have earned himself some time as the nickel or slot cornerback, thus see a decent amount of snaps in the future. Let's stick in the secondary. I want to talk about um, somebody we've been keeping a track on, uh, both of these guys we've been keeping track on, and that's the Carolina safeties, Jeremy Chin and Xavier Woods. Um, you know, we've seen their roles flip-flop, and, and again, in week uh, three, we saw that happen yet again. So these are true split safeties. Unless something changes, we could easily see their production flip-flop pretty often. Uh, Carolina is also uh, using a noticeable amount of three linebacker sets. They're using Damian Wilson as their third linebacker. Um, and speaking of linebackers, Corey Littleton has been splitting. As he, he was not splitting time with Shaq Thompson, but he's certainly pulling some snaps there. So we have really, we have uh, Frankie Luva who looks to be the, the new primary linebacker there. And then we have three other linebackers getting on the field at various times. That's even more traffic in front of both Chin and Woods. Now we like both Chin and Woods, but if you have either or both of them, my guess is what you've seen so far over the first three weeks will continue. 12 tackles one week, four tackles the next. And, and uh, so just be prepared for that. Uh, that might just continue as the season goes on. You know, one thing I noticed about Chin and Woods is the opponent and their quarterback. Seems that when the opponent's quarterback is a running quarterback, like when they played Atlanta and you had Marcus Mariota, who has who uses his legs frequently, it's Chin who seems to get more, more time in the box and more shadowing of the quarterback. Um, whereas when they have a passing quarterback, Chin seems to be playing deeper. So keep an eye on the opponent as well, and that may help you try and, and find your way through this 12 tackles one week, four tackles the next week kind of craziness that you're dealing with with Chin and Woods. Now in Denver, uh, Josie Jewell saw his first game action in, in the se- this 2022 season. He took 90, 95% of the snaps in his first game, and he posted nine total tackles. It was a team-leading nine total tackles, five solos, four assists. He added a sack, had two tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits, and a fumble recovery in his first game back. These are monster linebacker win numbers. I'm going to close out this segment um, talking about what I saw from Tracy Walker's replacement um, uh, safety, Juju Hughes, who used to be on the Rams. I was actually on the Rams Super Bowl team. Um, 
Obviously, obviously as a backup, Hughes filled right in and basically put up Walker-esque numbers. Now, Walker got hurt early on in the game. Hughes played the rest of the game, which was 88% of the snaps. He had eight tackles, five solo. Um, I don't see anyone else who's going to take that role from Hughes. And, uh, uh, so, obviously, you know, we've been burned before when we see somebody fill in in the middle of the game and then the coaches go back and have a whole week to prepare and decide to put to, to put out – um, some different players in the secondary. So watch that carefully. I'd be adding Hughes. If you can start someone else, start them, but put Hughes on your bench because Walker does have a very um, uh, fantasy relevant role there in Detroit. That could be somebody who could um, uh, do well for you. So watch how Hughes does this week. All right, let's move on to our uh, notable injuries. We have some no- notable injuries this week. Uh, one of which you mentioned, but uh, let's start off with the, with the, with the big one. Well, the big one is going to be Joey Bosa from the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers placed Bosa on injured reserve as he needs surgery for a torn groin muscle. Now, he might return later in the season, but uh, unless you're, you're, you have a keeper or dynasty league, um, it's pretty much pack it in for Joey Bosa and move on. Now, it appears that they're going to, the Chargers are going to move Kyle Van Noy to the edge and bring Kenneth Murray into the middle to see more increased snaps. Now, this is a question mark and is a risky proposition, but that may end up being the way that they go is they replace Bosa with Van Noy and Murray slides into Van Noy's position. So you're not going to get a lot out of Murray, but you might get more increased snaps. And then uh, how about what's going on over in Cleveland? That's an interesting situation. Well, on last Thursday night, we saw Anthony Walker go down with with what appeared to be a leg injury. And it, he was placed on season-ending injury reserve as he needs surgery on a torn quad muscle. Now, this opens the door for Jacob Phillips, who they really, really like Phillips a lot. And then he gets his chance now. Uh, the team did add Jermaine Carter Jr., but this looks like it's going to be Phillips who's going to get the opportunities to replace Walker. Now, I also mentioned earlier J- DJ Reader. He was placed on temporary injured reserve and with a sprained MCL. He does not need surgery and is likely expected back in a month and a half or so. And also defensive tackle Michael Pierce on Baltimore underwent season injuring in, uh, surgery to repair a torn biceps muscle. All right, that's going to wrap it up for uh, Thomas and I as we help you guys prepare for week four. Can't believe it. we're already almost a month into the season. It's almost October, starting to get chilly, football weather. So uh, I hope everybody has a, has a great week four. We'll be back next week, um, probably closer to our regular time. Uh, and uh, we'll have some more uh, updates for you. I hope everybody has a great week four. And uh, Thomas, why don't, you, why don't you take us out? Well, before I take us out, I want to just let everybody know to keep an eye on uh, Shaquille Leonard. He might return this week, so that could affect Zaire Franklin and Leonard. And other than that, be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.